0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Praise the Lord. Welcome to you folks that are listening online, and welcome to all you folks that are here in person. Praise God. Well, we have been spending the last three weeks and the next two on the prayers of Paul, and... uh, it's been interesting for me. I hope it's been interesting for you. But to learn about, you know, the scripture talks about how God moved on people to write things down, right? And so those were there for our benefit in the future. So these things that were written down aren't just random thoughts. This is moved by the Holy Ghost. So when we talk about these prayers of Paul that he wrote down, And saved for us that that the Holy Spirit had saved for us there's a reason for that and so we're going to be enjoying the fact that those words are for us today and we're going to be enjoying the fact that we live in that grace and that mercy and that glory we're gonna pray father we just give you thanks in the name of Jesus we thank you for the blessing of being your children we thank you for your word that comes forth we thank you father God that you preserved your word for us today we thank you father god that your spirit gives us utterance and gives us hearing and understanding and lord we give you all the praise this day in jesus name amen all right so today we're into philippians the philippians prayer and uh, If you really want an in-depth study of this, I suggest you listen to Pastor Sean's message. I think it took him six weeks to get through that prayer. (laughs) I'm just giving you the overview. (laughs) But uh, no, that was a good study on Philippians. That was line by line. It took a long time to get through it, but during that time there was growth and there was wisdom that came forth. It was awesome. So prayer... You know, to pray for someone or something, it must come to your mind, right? So whenever the Philippians came to Paul's mind, joy accompanied those thoughts. Now, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about the joy that comes, and I was wondering, well, but how do you pray when you're not, like, having joy over a situation or a person? So when I was reading um, Bob Yandian's um, book on Philippians, this commentary, there's an interesting thing. He says there's a foundations of prayer, which I thought was kind of interesting. He says, number one is the knowledge of appropriate scriptures. So you need to know your word. It's kind of hard to pray if you don't know the promises that cover that prayer. He says, number two is faith. Now, faith feeds on that first one. Because where the will of God is known, or the word of God is known, that's where faith begins. So you have knowledge of the word of God, of those scriptures, and then you have faith building on those scriptures. And then he talked about having freedom from sin. Now we know as if we're born again, we've been delivered from sin, but we do mess up. And so in 1 John 1.9, we can always go to that. It says that we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we have knowledge. Faith is coming from that knowledge. We have freedom from sin when we confess our sins and believe and know that God has forgiven us our sins. And then there's a grace orientation. Now we know the grace shed towards us is there's nothing I can do to earn my salvation, there's really nothing I can do to earn my forgiveness, but God freely gives it so in my time of prayer out of grace we pray out of grace the grace that was given to us we give to others the other one I thought was interesting is an attitude of rest in Philippians 4, 6, and 7 excuse me it says be careful for nothing this is the King James, it says be careful for nothing But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes I think we get kind of wrapped up in prayer, like we just got to get it and we just got to drive in there. But I look at Jesus and it seems like his prayers are pretty relaxed. He knew who he was, in, he, knew he was in the Father. We know who we are in Christ. So we can rest in our time of prayer, have that attitude of rest. And then the other thing was a love towards God, spouse, believers, and unbelievers. And that pretty much covers everybody, I think. And then Galatians 5, 6, <clears throat> excuse me, it says that for in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision but faith which works by love. So when we're praying for somebody we need to have that attitude of love. So for an overview for the Philippian prayers excuse me, I guess I'll have to take a drink So Philippi was a garrison of the, Roman, of the Roman army. And it actually became a retirement center for the Roman soldiers because it was a very beautiful and pretty place to go to, very relaxing. The Philippians were, because of their military background, very disciplined and understood authority. Now this is an interesting thing about prayer. If you don't understand your authority in Christ... You have a really hard time of exercising that authority in prayer but one of the good things was when he was there and ministered to these people because they were disciplined they could receive the word with discipline and that's an interesting point how many of us and and I know when I first got saved Nobody really talked to me about discipline and and all that. You just kind of got in the scriptures and you went to some Bible studies and you just, there wasn't a real disciplined approach to things. And as I got older, I found out I needed to be more disciplined. I need to be more disciplined in my study of the word. I need to be more disciplined in my prayer. I need to be more disciplined in my fellowship. It was important for me to do that. Now, the Philippians, because they were disciplined and understood authority, when Paul came in there and started ministering the gospel to them, they understood it. They understood who they could be in Christ. And when they got born again, then they began to understand who they were in Christ. So let's look at the Philippian prayer. on Philippians 1. Oops. Got to go to the left. It's the only time I can get liberal in my Bible. I got to go to the left. Sorry about that. So Philippians 1, 3 through 11. It says, I thank my God. Now, this isn't the prayer. He's, he's talking to in this letter. He's writing. says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. So there's that thank, thanksgiving. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now being confident in this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think of this of you all because I have you in my heart, as much both my bonds in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you with all the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus unto the glory and praise of God. So as I was looking at some of the words in this, the word remembrance it means recital. And reciting things is kind of important. You know, too often we we just kind of pop things off, but he remembered, he recited in his heart these people, the Philippians. And he did it with joy. He loved these people. Now, as we get down into the prayer in verse 9. Verse 8, starting verse 8, it says that he longed after them in the bowels, which is the inward affection and tender mercy of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge. And the word knowledge there has to do with science. So that's your head knowledge. He wants you to. Abound more and more in knowledge and in judgment. And judgment is discernment and perception. So I was looking at perception, and perception is the process of perceiving something with the senses. So we know we have our five senses, right? You know, hearing, seeing, taste, smell, touch. But we also have a sixth sense once you're born again you have the Holy Ghost. And that Holy Spirit is a sense that is in you to show you things that you need to see or do. And that perception is how we look at things in the Spirit. Because we're not going to honestly see things or touch things or or hear or smell, but we're going to have this sense in us, a perception of praying for someone in peace and in love and in joy. It says that we are that he asks them that you may approve or praise that they may approve the things that are excellent. And you may be sincere without offense. Now offense was an interesting word because that defense is a stumbling block. And it's, it's hard to think that we could be a stumbling block, but we can very easily till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Now, as I was reading this and trying to understand what why what um, the Lord was trying to tell us, <clears throat> when we go forth in prayer, when we're praying a prayer like this for someone, do we sense the Spirit of God or are we just praying? And I think, I think that becomes a very important part because I, can, I could pray for you just out of my natural, okay? Uh, I hear that you have an issue. And so I could say, well, Lord, bless them or heal them or provide for them or whatever. But if I'm not sensing from the Spirit, I don't know why you're having that issue. So is there something Deeper. Is there something more I need to pray out? So we pray things out in the Holy Ghost, right? Because the Holy Ghost knows. But he also gives you revelation, knowledge, and things. Because if you're praying for somebody, you have a vested interest in them. And you have a love for them. And you want to get right to the root, right? Too many people, and I'm guilty of this, I want to hit the surface. (coughs) Excuse me. I just want to hit the surface and move on. Um, and that's, that's a fault on my part. Because I just want to like, well, okay, I heard so-and-so had such-and-such. Father, bless in the name of Jesus. Make sure they get healed. And, and Lord, I just thank you for your healing, grace, and mercy. And then I go on and it just... It's like it never happened, you know. It's behind me. Paul... In the prayers in Ephesians, in this prayer, Philippians went deep. He went deep. In the the Ephesian prayers, he talked about the powers of God that are available to the Ephesians, which are available to us. In Philippians, he's talking about joy. He's talking about peace and joy. He's talking about ministering into a person's life. Um, The Philippians, when they were giving... Under Paul, uh, to help him with his, his trials and whatnot. He didn't pray for them because they gave in to him. He thanked God because they gave in to him, but he prayed for their benefit, not his own. And I was, I was looking at, at this. One of the things I wrote in my Bible one time Armor is Bible knowledge applied. So when they talk about the armor of God, it's Bible knowledge applied. When we're praying somebody for somebody, we're praying from that place where our armor, we're standing in the gap. We're also praying from a place of strength. Now the Philippians, <clears throat> they had it pretty good. I, I think you need. To, I needed to understand that the Philippians, when their military went to retire, it wasn't on a um, a pension that they had to go find two other jobs to support themselves. They went, they retired well. Rome took care of their soldiers because they understood what soldiers meant to the to the uh, country. <clears throat> Excuse me, a little frogged up here. Um, And so they were in a place of comfort, I guess is the best thing to say. They're kind of like America. We're in a place of comfort, right? This is pretty relaxed. I mean, we see things going on. But honestly, America's still the best country in the world. We still have our rights and our freedoms. And we're pretty laid back. And the problem with that is, too often we get so laid back that, oh, well... What could go wrong? I mean, the government would never, ever try to take away my rights. And the government would never, ever try to do anything to hurt me or to silence me. But we get in these places where we get very comfortable. And I was struggling with comfort. Because when I'm comfortable, about praying for somebody or praying in a situation, I'm almost in a place where I don't care. That bothered me. That bothered me a lot. Because there wasn't any passion in it. Paul prayed with passion. He prayed with love. He prayed with joy. Sometimes I just pray. I'll I'll be honest with you I I do I just uh, I just kind of want to get through it and that's not a good way to be and the problem is too often if we get in that or if I personally get in that place where I just well bless Pastor Sean and Heidi and you know they'll have a good week that's good and I go on have I really accomplished anything in the spirit I've kind of checked the box I prayed for Pastor Sean and Heidi. I prayed for the church and the body of Christ. But where was my passion? Where was my joy? Where was my peace? Where was my, my thought of, have I come before the Father and have I, have I just washed myself again with the word? Have I come before the Father and confessed my sins? Have I come to him in that place of of peace? And then looking out, have I I looked in the spirit, not in my eyes necessarily, but in my spirit, am I looking out into those things that God has called me to pray for? I'll be honest with you, too often I haven't done that. I just wanna check the box. Paul never wanted to check the box. He wanted to pray specifically for the Ephesians and the Philippians and the Thessalonians. He wanted to pray specifically for them. And he wanted them to understand. So when he wrote this letter and telling them that his prayers were for them to understand, we need to understand. I need to get some things clear up here so that in here... I am praying as God would have me pray. I, I, I'm just being honest, you know. When, when, uh, <clears throat> when Brenda was sick, um, I walked the floor around her in my living room, and I prayed and I prayed in the spirit, and I prayed in my understanding, and I walked, I about wore a path in that carpet, because I, I was just interceding. I wanted so much for her to come through it. Um, I learned later, there are just some things you cannot pray through yourself. The person that you're praying for has to make some decisions in their own heart. But I was affecting things. She couldn't sleep. So I would walk and I would pray. And I had a desire to know the will of God in this area. And as I'm pacing now, I was just pacing, walking around the living room, praying in the Spirit, giving glory to God, understanding that His Word and His way is perfect and true for her and for me. And she would sleep. And she would sleep. And I'd continue to walk and to pray quietly. And then I'd go to bed, and sometimes Luann would be on the couch with her uh, in the living room. Sometimes I'd be on the couch with her in the living room. And about maybe half an hour or so, she'd wake up. And Luann would come get me, or I'd wake up. And I'd start pacing and praying and interceding and just praying those things out. Because there was a passion in me. And after she passed, some of that passion went away. I'm just being honest. I, I got to a place where it was like, why? I just, you know, <laughs> I, um, I just, those hours and hours, and why? But I, I began to see some things that it was good in me that when she passed, And Pastor Sean came to the house and we were praying. Honestly, we were praying for her to come back. We were. I was calling her back. But she was... There were some people here at church that had visions of her that was like, no, I'm going home. I've had enough. But in me, there was like a failure um, that I hadn't done enough and i know that when paul prayed there were times when he felt maybe he hadn't done enough but he prayed with joy i i remember that day she passed i was in, in the shower and i was singing in the spirit and i was in joy i was i was happy i was because she had been getting stronger. I don't know if some of you remember how she came with a wheelchair, then she came with a walker, and then she came without the walker, and you know she could see the strength kind of coming back, and kind of coming back, and so I was expecting. I was expecting. And then Luann came in, she says, she's not, she's not responding. I can't wake her up. And uh, kind of the joy went out of me. And so I had to stand there and then kneel before the Father and pray. And Pastor Sean came and prayed, and it just came to that point where I had to just let go and let her go. And so she went. And there was uh, I don't know where this is going with the Philippians, but <laughs> there was a place where. People had seen visions of her moving on here in this church while Pastor Sean was with us at the house. And I, uh, I envied that because I didn't see anything except my daughter's body there. And uh, it was painful. But a time later, I was just kind of praying about it And the Lord gave me a vision and it was it was as she left her body she just put her hand on my head as she left. And I was so thankful for that. (laughs) And I started to get some of my joy back. You know, I can't be of service in this body if I don't have joy. I can't be of service to you, to my pastors, if I don't care. You know, one of the things about caring, it hurts. <laughs> um, caring hurts. But to have that care for people, to love, to have joy, is so vital. You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And and that joy that overwhelms overwhelms us at times of trial and, and tribulation. When Paul was in prison, he was in trial and tribulation. But he counted it joy to be able to pray for the Philippians. He counted it joy to write that letter to them, to express his gratitude. You know, I don't know that I ever really expressed my gratitude to all of you who were in prayer and the people that had words for her. Um, I, I I tried to talk to individual people, but I want you to know that every one of you people that had a word for my daughter, it was true. It was absolutely true. You might say, well, it didn't happen the way I saw. That's not on you. That's not on me. That was on her. And so, when I was looking at this, I wasn't planning to go this way. (laughs) It's not in my notes. (laughs) Um, So the joy of the Lord... I had to come personally I had to make a sure come back to this place of being in joy. You know, we we fellowship together, you know, and we joke and we laugh and and uh we have that but do we have joy? Now there's there's a difference between laughing at a joke and having the joy of the Lord to just Just be there. That joy, that peace, you know, that's a depth of fellowship that I don't know when we truly understand. I don't know that I truly understand that depth of fellowship with my father. You know, he wants me to have joy and peace and love. He wants me to pray out the promises of God in faith Because faith works by love. Well, you know, if I I don't love, if I don't have that joy that love brings, how can I have that faith to believe for somebody when I'm praying for them? You know, people come up when we're in altar care. People come up with needs and... uh, they, they have desires and, and they want healing, they want deliverance, they want, they want to understand their salvation, they want the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you right now, there's times when a person can stand up here because I've done it, and you can just do it out of your flesh. And I'll be honest with you, that's not good. That is not good. These positions that we hold, and everybody here that's in this room today holds a position in this church to do things. How are you doing them? You know what I mean? How are you doing them? You have the skills. You know, it's uh, it's like Mike has a skill in painting and drywall, and that's his business. He has a skill there. But how does he do it? Well, you put it up here, you put so many screws in. No, how does he do it? How do you do it from the spirit? How do you love kids in diapers? How do you love kids that are just toddling? How do you love kids? Where's your joy? The joy of the Lord is my strength to do those things which he's called me to do. The joy of the Lord is your strength to do those things which he's called you to do. Everything. To be in that place of joy. Remembrance. You know, remembrance is kind of an interesting thing, the recital. You know, it is good to remember where you were before you got saved. It is good. Because when you're there, you remember where you came from. You know, it is good to know where you came from. It, we taught what well, we had this weekend, and I didn't get to go out. I was working security, but I listened to what was being said. I listened to the people that came back. The joy, you should have seen this guy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Two people got saved that day. Joy. Do you have an expectation of joy? I was sometimes I want outside feelings you know I want to feel the goosebumps I want to feel the down the spine but I've kind I've kind of come to understand that joy in here has nothing to do with that joy in here has a lot to do with peace and the peace that Paul we don't have a clue in this country, I mean, there's some people who have been falsely imprisoned and whatnot, we understand. But we, as a people, do not have a clue what it's like to be chained to somebody. We don't have a clue what it's like to be in the innermost. I mean, when they talked about the innermost part of the prison, in, uh, when Peter was down there, that's the place where all the sewage falls. That's the place where the rats are at. And that's the place where your feet are in stocks. So you're, you know, your feet are like that. It's not like you can roll over and find a comfortable position. And yet, he slept. Until the angel came and woke him up. Paul and Silas were in the prison. And they sang praises unto God that the other prisoners and the jailers heard. Were they forced to do that? They did it out of joy. And when they were released, when the angel opened the doors and, and they got a chance to minister to the guard and he got saved and his household and were baptized, joy. Joy unspeakable we don't understand this we're how comfortable is this we have air-conditioning we're to the point we have to wear winter coats <laughs> no we have air-conditioning who's gonna bother us today you know who's gonna come through that door and nobody we're comfortable We got it easy. We got time. Joy and peace does not necessarily do with the urgency of the moment. There are people going to hell every day. Two of them yesterday aren't going to go there anymore. Today, we could have somebody come in here that's not born again, and they could be redeemed today. What are we doing? Where's our joy? Where's our peace? Where's our... You know, I was never in the military, but I think in the military, when there was a common goal for the soldiers to go do, there was a peace because they had a... Maybe I'm wrong, but they had a feeling that the people above them had a direction for them and there was going to be something accomplished. We kind of just float. You know, we have the Holy Ghost that has a direction for us, but I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be made uncomfortable. My joy and happiness is in my video game. My joy and my happiness is on my big screen TV. My joy and happiness is I come here once a week and pastor pumps me up and I go out and I have dinner with some friends and the rest of the week, I kind of wait till next week. <laughs> joy and peace for us to minister in this world today has to be a daily thing. We cannot live on Sunday. Um, there was a while there, I was just living on Sunday. And, and it's good, but it's not enough to get me through the week. It's not enough to get me through Life. I have to have that joy and that peace working in me constantly. And if I'm in there, then I'm listening to the Holy Ghost, and I'm listening to the Holy Ghost, and I have that direction that he's going to send me to do what I need to do. I, when I wrote this stuff for today, it had nothing to do with what I'm talking about now, but it, it was that we would understand joy and peace He wants us to have knowledge. He wants us to use that knowledge right. He wants us to use our perception right. The Holy Ghost perception. You know, they they talk about the sixth sense like it's intuition or things like that. But no, the sixth sense is the Holy Ghost. It is your spirit listening to the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost giving you information that goes from here to your head so that you can pray it out in your known language, and then in your, your spirit language, right? That is all for us to work in joy and in peace. I, I can't... I tried praying in, in that time of tears and frustration and anger. I mean, I got mad. Um, You know, and and those prayers just seemed like they hit that ceiling. And and I know God sensed my pain, but for me, it's just like those prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling. Because there just wasn't any joy in it. And I had to learn. I had to recite to myself the goodness of God. I had to. I had to build myself up in my most holy faith in joy and in peace and in love. I had to forgive myself. And I had to forgive Brenna. Um... That sounds weird, but I was in that place where I kind of felt like she let me down, (laughs) you know? Um, But I had to go back, and I had to recite in my heart the goodness of God, where he brought me from to where I'm at today, and put in me a future to where I'm going to go tomorrow I mean I don't know but I have joy and I have peace and I know that he orders my steps and I know if he's ordering my steps I know I won't trip or fall as long as I keep my eyes on him Paul kept his eyes on the Lord and when he prayed for the Philippians In the Amplified, he says, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more. This is Philippians 1.9. And extend to its fullest development. I pray that your love may abound yet more and more. I pray that your love will abound more and more in this body and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and in all all keen insight that your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. I pray this for you. I pray this for myself so that you may surely learn to sense what is vital and approve and prize what is excellent and of real value, recognizing the highest and the best and distinguishing the moral differences, and that you may be untainted and pure and unerring And blameless, so that with hearts sincere and certain and unsullied, you may approach the day of Christ, not stumbling or causing others to stumble. May you abound in and be filled with the fruits of righteousness, of right standing with God and right doing, which come through Jesus Christ the anointed one to the honor and praise of God that his glory may be both manifested and recognized we have we have a job <laughs> that his glory may be both manifested and recognized not just here on sunday I mean, we come here on Sunday. We all have this kind of—we're pressing in. Pastor Joy's bringing us up in that worship, and we're all just kind of falling into that. It's really. But what about Monday and Tuesday? What about Monday and Tuesday? Is that glory going to be manifested and recognized Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday? Well, we'll come here Wednesday night, so we'll get it then. No. So as I was praying this, and. This is totally off my notes, but this is what I pray for you. And this is what I pray for those people online that are listening. And I pray this this Philippian prayer for you as we close. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray that our love may abound yet more and more and extend to the fullest development and the knowledge and all insight. That your love, our love, may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. So that we may surely recognize and sense what is vital and approve and prize what is excellent and of real value. And that we may be untainted and pure and unerring and blameless so that we may approach the day of Christ not stumbling or causing others to stumble. That we would abound in and be filled with the fruits of righteousness which come through Jesus Christ, the anointed one. To your honor, Father, to your praise, Lord God, that your glory will be manifested and recognized In us, today, tomorrow, the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year, Father God, that whatever trial comes before us, Father God, that we perceive in joy your love and your power and your glory in our lives as manifest to this world, to this dying world, Father God. I just give you praise, Father. I give you praise for the love that you shed abroad in our hearts. I thank you for the strength that you give us by the Holy Ghost. I thank you for utterance. And I thank you for notes that don't get used sometimes. I just give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.